The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Just wanted to um, circle back to this for uh, for a second. As the search continues for 18-year-old Briar Schmigelski and 19-year-old Cam McLeod, online communities have been speculating over the motive of the two men and throwing around all sorts of theories, most with very few facts to back them up. There's a lot of talk of alt-right and incels and online hate. There was a really good article in the uh, the Star Calgary, the Star Edmonton today uh, about this exactly. To chat more about it, we're joined by Irfan Chaudhry, a hate crimes researcher and criminology lecturer at McEwen University. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jalen. Well, thanks for doing. Uh, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You know, the headline in this article this morning, you know, from Reddit to 4chan, misinformation, online hate is being amplified uh, by this case, according to experts. Do you think online hate is being amplified by it? Uh, yeah, I mean, especially with this case in particular, where it's a lot of uh, speculation at best on some mm-hmm. of the the platforms. Uh, I think this is one of those pieces, you know, as you have an evolving case like this one, where you know the the, the manhunt, so to speak, is still is still ongoing. Uh, it leaves a lot of room for um, you know your your armchair detectives, I guess you could say, <laughs> in terms of putting some of the information there. And, you know, it's still early to tell in terms of what motive, if any, it has on this. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's really interesting just to kind of see how some of those uh, online narratives definitely have fueled some speculation for sure. Now, I know that uh, I think you, you took a peek into some of the, uh, maybe some of the chat boards regarding this. We don't need to get into the details of that. But for, for folks out there, I mean, you know, I think a lot of folks maybe know what Reddit is, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. I, You know, when you talk about four 4chan and uh, like I to be honest with you I've, n- I've never been on 4chan I, I don't I don't want to waste my time I don't want to get sucked into anything like that but can you explain what that is yeah I mean essentially you can almost look at like the different social media platforms in terms of tiers and I think by tiers I would reference it in terms of you know uh, what's more popular and common and easy to access uh, versus the ones that are not as popular and require some, I guess, tech savvy and nuance to know how to access. Mm. And so your main platforms like your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your Twitters, uh, I mean, most people just have to sign up with an account and can kind of, you know, dive in, so to speak, in terms of, you know, producing and commenting on content. But when you get to some of the more, uh, I guess, second layers, and that would be up for argument as well, because some people are more active on, on others than, than you know, um, Reddit or Facebook or anything else. But I think when you get into some of those more specialized ones, like a Reddit or a 4chan, where it's such a uh, subjective and niche market that these platforms might allude to, uh, you have to have a little bit more of, a, of an awareness of how to engage with conversations you have to understand the language of you know subreddits and mm-hmm. threads and you know what upvoting and different aspects uh, that those uh, platforms utilize that you wouldn't necessarily see on the main uh, platforms like Facebook or Twitter, even though they're pretty much similar in terms of how they operate. And so I think when you get into some of those, uh, you know, second or third layer or third tier type of social media, that's where the rules are a little bit more flexible, if any. That's mm-hmm. where the moderation occurs. But then also um, when you get into some of the 4chan aspects, there's really a lack of moderation. Mm. And so you can kind of see it's almost like a, a game of, of, of whack-a-mole and excuse uh, the analogy, uh, but just drawing on the K-Days reference, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those pieces where, you know, as much as the major platforms try to take off some of this content and information or make it very difficult for it to stay on their platforms for a, a longer time, it's very easy to just go on to like a Reddit or a 4chan or some of the other aspects that are out there. Um, and the content is not only just there, but it's amplified, it's glorified. And uh, to some degree, it's, it's, uh, it's very 
speculative in nature, but mm-hmm. I think that's also why it thrives on those platforms as well. So when you go in there, were, were you surprised at all by anything that you're reading about this case on there? Uh, well, I mean, using the Reddit example, you know, you just have to go to reddit.com and in the search bar up there, just type in, you know, the headline for this, uh, you know, the BC teams, for mm-hmm. example. And, you know, the way Reddit works is you have that main kind of web page, but then you also have subreddits that are based on kind of theme or topic uh-huh. or, or, or content. And so depending on the subreddit that the article was posted on, that's where you'd, you know, notice some really interesting nuances in some of the comments that are being observed. So, you know, when it's more of a, a general discussion, let's say Canada subreddit, uh, where the, the, the post uh, for the article was there, that was specifically alluding to some of those right-leaning white mm. supremacist imagery that have been uh, thrown, thrown out there. Uh, you had more people kind of discussing it in a more general sense. But when you got into some of the subreddits that were more on the, you know, whether you want to call it conspiracy theory related yeah. side of things, uh, more on the, you know, right leaning side of the spectrum, that's where you saw really interesting conversations around how uh, easy the label of, you know, you know, in this case, white supremacy mm. was being utilized. And, you know, a lot of uh, challenging conversations were being had in terms of people trying to discount it or, you know, trying to say that this is just uh uh, the liberal media, leftist media, mm. you know, way of trying to downplay our identity even further. And so that's where you see some of those polarizing commentary kind of really uh, lead that speculation. But I mean, the purpose around like a Reddit sub thread is for people to have that opportunity mm-hmm. to comment and engage. And it's only up to a moderator to remove if they feel that it violates that specific sub Reddit yeah. moderation rule. Uh, otherwise, you know, the conversation can go as it pleases. Well, and you talk about the 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 um, the uh, the monitoring of these sites, and some have monitoring, other ones uh, pretty much sound like just a, a free for all. How do they like w- like example? You know, maybe for Reddit, what would the rules be um, when it comes to moder- moderating these posts? Do you know? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, on a platform like like Reddit, uh, it's a really community-minded and community-led uh, type of uh, a platform. And so oftentimes with any given uh, Reddit uh, or subreddit page, you have volunteer moderators, right? Mm. So even if someone were really interested in just even exploring what Reddit's like, if you were just go to, uh, you know, reddit.com and then search Edmonton and you get to Reddit's Edmonton subreddit uh, page. <laughs> and, you know, there's a, there's a handful of, you know, volunteer moderators mm. that will moderate content. And, you know, just to give an example, it's a really cheesy one, but it just happened over the weekend because I was kind of on that Reddit is, you know, people were trying to take over the Edmonton Reddit page with uh, pictures of cats. <laughs> and we're calling it uh, Catterday. Okay. And so it was really interesting because as you were trying to engage now with Reddit Edmonton, like the first handful of comments and posts were all pictures of people's cats. Mm. And it got to the point where one of the moderators, after I think two days of this happening, kind of saying, okay, you know, this was done in good spirit, but now this is kind of borderline going yeah. against the, the, the content moderation and, and commenting and content yeah. posting of this page. So we're not going to remove any of the cat pictures, but we're not going to kind of upvote or promote anymore because it's kind of getting too overwhelming. And so you do have those aspects of moderation. But I mean, when you get to the content of Reddit, for example, where each subreddit is very specific in terms of what they accept and what they not, uh, what they don't, what some, some reddits are housed under, you know, you have that expectation to be exposed to very, you know, uh, you know, controversial content. Yeah. And so they're not going to remove it because that's the purpose around that subreddit. 
So that space is a little bit more difficult to navigate for sure. And it's, it kind of goes back to the individual user to, you know, moderate what you're looking for. Um, but at the same time, you can't put the full onus on the user because there's, you know, the New Zealand shooting, unfortunately, yeah. that happened earlier this year was a really interesting example of even if you weren't looking for anything related to the content, uh, unfortunately, especially in the first few hours of when it was happening, you were quite easily able to find it. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's there was another story today. I'll get to that in a second. Irfan Chaudhry joining us this afternoon. Um, yeah, are, how has the anonymity, how is it, how is it the fact that, you know, you don't have to put your real name up there, your real picture, anything like that. How is that impacting, um, you know, sites like this and online online hate? Is it just, it's a free-for-all. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've seen some of the major platforms take steps in terms of not allowing or at least trying to manage that uh, uh, ability to be, you know, nameless or, or even pictureless, so to speak. But when you get onto like something like a Reddit or a 4chan, or even when you go to some of the gaming platforms like a Discord or, or you know, other um, uh, platforms there where you just need an avatar and a nickname to engage, right? And so I think that's where you kind of see that challenge around some of these more, you know, again, using that tier analogy, the second and third, third tier type of platforms there uh, do allow for people to remain anonymous. And, you know, something like a Reddit and a 4chan, uh, you know, people per- purposely, I think, utilize, you know, uh, different aliases and identities because of that anonymous factor. And, you know, the, the reason I say that is because when you go to some of these, you know, platforms and you see the different usernames, you know, they're very full of, you know, nickname and you know, it'd be very difficult to be able to identify someone's real life handle, let's say, with their Reddit handle, mm-hmm. unless it was super, super obvious in terms of who it was connected to or their profile identified them as such. Um, there was talk, uh, and again, just, you know, when we talk about, well, you know, in, in some of these posts about incels and, and, and things called race traders, and mm-hmm. I had not heard of a race trader before. I, of course, I'd, I've heard of incels before. Um, but for, for someone like you, who, who is a hate crimes researcher and a criminology lecturer, can you explain to those folks who don't know what those are? Can you, can you explain what they are to them? Yeah, yeah. So I'll start with uh, with incel. It's uh, short for involuntary celibate, mm-hmm. and it was kind of uh, uh, you know when you look at the really early starting points of the incel movement, it actually started as almost like a uh, online support group for for men specifically who are having a hard time um, finding women to kind of uh, date them and have you know uh, relationships with them. But uh, in 2014, uh, when the self-identified incel by the name of Elliot Roger, um, you know, actually went in a killing spree in uh, California. Mm. Uh, he left behind like a manifesto that really has been, you know, amplified in terms of the, the cause and the, and the case for the current incel movement, which is really, um, um, you know, uh, misogynistic in, in nature. It's It blames kind of, you know, cultural standards of beauty in terms of why this, you know, group of involuntary celibate, mostly men, aren't able to find dates uh, and women to kind of, you know, have uh, relationships with. And as a result, that kind of feeds into their anger. Mm. And so that's where you see a lot of these types of commentary online become very sexualized uh, in very, very violent ways. Um, And so that's where the incel movement is really in an interesting space right now and they even go further in terms of you know using common slang and this is something you'll you'll see quite a bit on on some of the platforms you know they'll they'll talk about 
uh, a man's sexual success is being determined by unalterable biological traits, you know, like things like jawline, cheekbones, mm. you know, different different um, shapes there. And they utilize terms like, you know, the most attractive men they'll call chads. Yeah. And the most attractive women they'll call Stacey's. And yeah. so often online you'll see Chad's and Stacey's as being kind of the, what they define as the epitome of, of uh, attractiveness. And for whatever reason, they just seem to attract each other. And then the rest of us, so, you know, the incels would classify themselves not as a Chad or, or maybe even a Stacey. Um, they feel they're out of that spectrum. And because of that, there's not much uh, available for them in terms of finding a legitimate uh, sexual partner specifically. Because a lot of it is, is housed around sexual uh, frustration that a lot of these men are feeling. And so you have some of them aspects kind of come out in, in violence, as we saw with the Toronto attack. Mm-hmm. And even the Edmonton case here, where that security guard kind of utilized um, uh, the incel kind of connection as a reason why he uh, assaulted that uh, man. Mm, yes. And, and race traitors, what is that? Yeah, so race traders often is kind of uh, utilized by, uh, you know, it's it's utilized in kind of the white white supremacy leaning ideology, uh, where anyone that kind of is supporting diversity or inclusion of other demographics, let's say, by default is a is a race trader. Uh, actually, a really interesting example uh, was earlier this year in England uh, when you had you know the Prince Mary yeah. uh, racialized uh, Meghan Markle. Uh, a person got online and uh, called Prince um, uh, a race trader because he married outside of the race. Hmm. And the person actually got charged uh, in UK based on some of the laws they had in terms of inciting hatred. So that would be an example. It's pretty much when you are, you know, seen as a sellout, so to speak, for your own uh, race because you're either supporting or have married or whatever it might be, someone outside of your race. I didn't realize um, the online gaming, and I don't want to paint it all with a you know big uh, brush here. But I didn't realize until recently um, some of some of the challenges in the online gaming uh, world when it comes to some uh, whether it's racism or you know um, hate-filled talk that sort of thing. I didn't realize that at all, and I've been reading more and more about it. That is that is a that is a, a, a stewing pot, isn't it, for, for, for hate? Yeah, and I think a reason being, again, I, again, I do want to echo what you referenced in terms of not wanting to paint the whole kind yeah. of uh, industry or, or kind of folks that, you know, are gamers in that spectrum. But I think the main challenge you see in some of the online gaming platforms is very, very similar to what some of the social media platforms had faced. And I think now, because a lot of the attention was on some of the mainstream social media platforms, and they've taken, you know, some onus on trying to, you know, engage with hardcore material to at least remove it in some capacity. Now, I think attention can be paid to some of the more, whether it's nuanced or even more challenging uh, platforms. Because, I mean, again, with the gaming platforms, you're voluntarily going on to a space to compete with other people who also have a similar and shared interest in the game. But, you know, I'm not as much of a gamer as I used to be in the past, but I know even the small times I've engaged in some of those online, you know, games with other people where you're, you know, sharing through a console and on Xbox Live or whatever platform you might use. It's really interesting how that competition factor does, you know, get very mm. um, hateful very, very quickly. And I think, you know, a big piece about that is that anonymous factor. Right? You're just hearing the person's voice. Other than that, you're both engaging at the same screen, mm. right? And it's, again, very easy for you to disengage from the other person you're playing with 
Uh, and especially when it's a multiplayer platform game where you have multiple people online at the same time, the human aspect really gets lost. And I think it's very easy to kind of go back to some of those really easy, you know, disses around, you know, uh, identity factors that um, to some degree, I think, you know, some of the gaming platforms need to start to take a little bit more of a thorough look at uh, similar to how you've seen all the major social media platforms do similar things as well yeah well if nothing is being done and if if nothing is being monitored it just you know it just it it just continues to echo and gets larger and larger at times right like it's uh yeah that's an interesting one there i hadn't even thought about it um there's an interesting story today there was uh that the quadruple murder in markham today um and the suspect the man accused and it posted messages about the murders in an online multiplayer game shortly after the killings took place according to sources and uh, then went on to post pictures as well um so oof. boy Irfan, you have a you have a tough job <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah it can uh, can be heavy for sure it can be it can be heavy for sure and you know y- you get it you know my my text line certainly on on some days can be uh pretty disgusting uh, as, mm. as well but um i can i can turn it off if i if i want to so i want to thank you for joining me this afternoon appreciate you taking the time for the chat yeah, thank you so much for the the time as well. Have a okay. good rest of the Take day. Take care. Yeah, you too. Uh, Irfan Chaudhry this afternoon. Uh, he is a hate crimes researcher and criminology lecturer at uh, McEwen University.